And good morning, 806 on your Tuesday morning. Yeah, this is Chelsea Bird, your guest host for this morning. Daryl McIntyre is going to be back here again tomorrow. I want to let you know about Reface Magic. The Reface Magic team love to work on kitchen renovations from cabinets to fixtures to unique storage solutions. They know kitchens. And don't be surprised if you end up having the Reface Magic team come back to tackle another project, like maybe a home office. When efficiency is time saved and time is money, then trust Reface Magic. See what Reface Magic can do for your home with a free in-home consultation. Family owned and operated for over 20 years. Visit refacemagic.ca. All right. I know we don't want to think about this. Uh, many of us would like to even just forget the word COVID, but there are more infections and hospitalization, hospitalization, excuse me, good morning, uh, on the rise in places like the U.S., and Europe and even Asia. So it's got a lot of people wondering, especially with the back to school rush, uh, what's happening here in our province? Now there have been some changes made to the way that COVID data has been reported as well. The provincial data dashboard hasn't been updated since July 24th, and it's not gonna be updated until August 30th, which is obviously a big concern for parents that are sending their kids to school. So let's talk about what these changes mean and why this is something that's so important to address with our guest who is is Sarah Austin. She's a mom of a preteen and also the founder of Children First Canada. Sarah, good morning. Thanks for making the time. Good morning, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. So let's talk first about your organization. You're the founder of Children First Canada. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, the aim is of that organization. Uh, Children First Canada has the bold and ambitious vision of making Canada the best place in the world for kids to grow up. Many believe that we already are a world-leading country, when in fact Canada's ranked 30th out of 38 wealthy nations for children's well-being. We rank 81st uh, globally for children's rights. Uh, we are far from being world leaders, and we have a long way to go around protecting the health and well-being of our children and ensuring that they have the supports needed. And that's really why we exist, is to turn that around, to harness data and to mobilize action to improve the lives of our children. And so, obviously, a part of what's been a big concern right now is this lack of COVID data reporting. So why is this something that's so concerning? Is it just because of the crunch of back to school being right around the corner? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a concern year-round. I think it's a reasonable expectation that we as you know, parents or citizens have that our public health authorities would provide timely and accurate data around public health concerns. Uh, and that's simply not happening. In many cases right now, we're just having to fly blind. Uh, you know, For parents like me who have a child with complex medical needs, we're having to be hypervigilant and taking measures into our own hands. But it does mean, you know, I think when I talk to other parents or members of our community, I'm often hearing, you know, the phrase COVID is over. COVID is not over. You know, the, the WHO declared that the emergency was over, but they urged the, you know, the need for continued vigilance and public health measures, including providing timely, timely and accurate data. Um, you know, we saw last year that kids experienced enormous suffering, uh, kids and their parents, um, during the, the what we call the triple-demic of RSV, flu, and COVID that happened here in Alberta and all across the country where children became gravely ill, were struggling to breathe, children's hospitals were swamped, and, uh, you know, they suffered immensely around their health and well-being for weeks or months on end. There was a huge, huge hit to the economy. We've estimated that it was around a $50 million loss because of parents being home looking after their children for weeks on end. Um, you know, and we're hearing from public health authorities, like the Canadian Pediatric Society, that is warning of another public health crisis for kids this fall with respiratory season being bad again. Um, so it really, you know, I think is incumbent on the 
NHS and for our public health authorities and school boards to be providing data and in using evidence-based measures around keeping our kids healthy and safe. So ha- have you heard back from the government from the province uh, about this new change? Now these reports are coming out monthly um, and you and of course other parent advocates saying, look, that's just not timely enough. We need it more frequently than that. So ha- what's been the response? We're hearing nothing. You know, it's it's radio silence right now, and so I think you know, I think opportunity conversations like we're having today are important, so that parents can be more aware of the need for this, and you know, be urging our public health leaders. Um, you know, they're reaching out to their MLA and to um, you know to our Minister of Health, urging um, and holding our government accountable to to provide this data and and not not just the data, ensuring that we have public health measures in place in our communities to to keep kids safe. You know, much of what we learned during the pandemic about things that work have been abandoned things like you know requiring people who have covid to stay at home it seems like a common sense thing and yet it's not required if my child has lice or if he's vomiting he must stay home but if he has covid he can go to school that just doesn't make sense you know simple things like that that we can do um, around improving ventilation in the classrooms encouraging kids to eat outdoors or play outside when when the weather permits there's so many simple things we can be doing that we know work um, and uh, and yet simply we've abandoned them you know, something that you said, Sarah, is I think a really interesting point to to touch on, as, and that is that you you said most people say COVID is over, and I think most people say that because they want it to be over, and they don't want to think about it again. For so many people, you know, it kind of it takes us back to this time of trauma and frustration, and certainly a lot of tension and division. So to try to bring this conversation back into the mainstream, I think, is a really big ask. It's really difficult to do. Are you finding that the appetite for even talking about COVID just with when it comes to data reporting is a really difficult one. It is really hard. I think, you know, and I totally get it. We survived a collective trauma, you know, years of being stuck at home and you know, public health measures that were really hard, being cut off from friends and family. It was a really, really tough time. Nobody wants to go back to living like that. And we all want to put that chapter behind us. And yet, you know, the, the data, at least what limited data we have is showing that we can't afford to, you know, like this willful ignorance or this, you know, trying to forget about it is, is not serving us well. You know, just even the past couple of weeks, I've had immediate family members who've had COVID. It was a, a wake-up call. In many ways, we were starting to feel like we could start to, you know, to um, you know let up a little bit. But it was, a, uh, for us, a very stark reminder that COVID is still very prevalent and we need to continue to be vigilant in our personal lives and we need our public health authorities doing what they can uh, to keep us informed and to keep us safe. So all you're asking for is a push for that data to be uh, released in a more timely manner than monthly. Is that right? Or is there more to what it is that you're wanting? Yeah, I think uh, obviously the data and being reported on a regular basis, timely and accurate data is important, but also, you know, as I said earlier, using these evidence-based measures that are we know work in schools, things like, you know, ventilation and requiring kids who are sick to stay at home, um, you know, encouraging kids to, to be outdoors as much as possible. You know, these, are, again, are simple things that don't cost much or sometimes are free uh, that will ensure that our kids are healthy. And I think, you know, particularly as kids are heading back into school, the timely data um, and ensuring that, you know, we're, we're getting that on a regular basis helps parents make informed decisions around what's needed to keep our children healthy and well. Sarah, thanks so much for making the time and uh, for talking about this. Uh, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. That's Sarah Austin, uh, mom of a preteen and also the founder of Children First Canada, talking about the fact that there has been some new changes to the way that COVID data has been reported. It's now coming out monthly. Parents aren't going to find out the most recent data until August 30th, which is a bit too close to when kids return to school for Sarah and for other concerned parents.